Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life. And tonight we are back with you guys live. <laughs> Windows update really crushed my soul last week, but we're good yeah. to go. Yeah, yay. Yay. So tonight's topics. Yeah, we're going to talk about everything. I don't know, talking to your teens about sex. Wow. Um, what a step parent should ask a bio parent before they make a decision. Decision um, on what? We'll get into that. Oh. And then also um, about... The other bio parent interrupting time in your household and what that looks like and if that's a real issue or fake news um, and how to make your blended family easy. Wow. You've got all the answers. I can't wait to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Which one are we going to start on? Um, so let's talk about something I wrote. Putting blinders on kids when they are with you. Is it disruptive to the household for the other bio parent to contact or engage with your child during your time? Ooh, you and I have two totally different situations on this. I do, and I see both sides of this issue. Yeah? Yeah. So why don't you enlighten us? Because I love being able to interact with my kid, and I don't mind my kids interacting at the with the other household. But your situation's a lot stickier than mine yeah I mean I think that a lot of people and I get this not just from my situation but interacting on Facebook and Instagram and um I talk to a lot of different people in blended families all day all day every day right um and a lot of people are very rigid where they feel like unless it's you know an appropriate activity like extracurricular or a school function or a medical appointment, like things that are supposed to be, and even that's a really tough pill to swallow for both bio parents to show up. But most people give that a pass. But when the kids are in the walls of your home in your custody and trying to bond with your family, um, there's an attitude that you need to let them alone and let them, be immersed in that family right? and be present in that family. Right. And there's a thought that, you know, if you have constant contact and constant interaction with the other parent, not in that blended family home, that it's a distraction. Right. And it takes away from a child to be able to be fully present in that blended family, in that home, 
um, you know, and to constantly have to reach out for connection or for reassurance or for, you know, to get fed, if you will, by the other parent kind of prohibits them from fully connecting in their own blended family and seeking their needs out in their family. Okay. And so I see that side of it. I hear that side of it. And what I mean by I hear that is I hear the argument to it and people saying like, oh, yeah, they're not going to completely settle and they're not completely immersed in our household and our family. But the reality of it is when they're at the other household or in their, they're in our household, the other parent or the other biological parent doesn't disappear. They don't go away. They don't not exist. So for me, it's like, why not have interaction like you would when you're 18, 25, 30, 35, so on and so forth with both parents because that's kind of what life is going to be like. Now, I understand they might not settle completely, I guess, but what's yeah. to say what settling is? I mean, still having contact with both parents, both families. I mean, it's... I think it's a balance, right? Like, I don't think that kids, if if kid needs to have a nightly phone call to check in with their parent because they're missing them, I think it's all about balance. You know, I think there's unhealthy amount of conversation that can happen, for sure. Like, if a kid needs to call you five times a day when they're with their other parent. My kids called me like eight times today. Is that unhealthy? I'm like, it's our relationship, though. You know, he calls to tell me things. I've checked in with him just to tell, like, I get excited about things. and like, hey, I'm going to tell him about this, you know, like stupid little things. He called to tell me earlier about some new Fortnite glitch that he learned, and he was very excited to share it with me, and, you know. But also, when he's here, I extend that courtesy and that grace to the other family. If he wants to call and talk to his mom about something or wants to call and talk about something to his sister or, you know, or mm-hmm. one of his sisters of something that he learned – like, go for it, you know? I'm not going to stop him from, you know, unless he's he's being punished and not able to make outside calls and communicate with other people because it's a punishment. Now, the other parent, you know, if he's like, well, I want to call and say goodnight to mom. Like, okay, that's all right. But so you pick and choose when it's okay? No, the only time I pick and choose is if he's punished. And, and there's a punishment. And he's like, well, I'm just going to call to hang out, you know, and... And he's just doing it to get out of his punishment, which doesn't, I don't really punish him for that type of stuff. But I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. I feel like the kids, and this is just my perspective on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like kids should be able to communicate between, you know, with both households, like, pretty freely. Yeah. But yeah. that's just, again, that's just my take on no, it. No, that is how you live. For that's real. totally like, how that's, I live. And that's how you are with your parents. You'll yeah. talk to your mom. I talk to my mom multiple times a day, all day, you right. know, and your dad right. when you need. So that is how you were raised. That's how you're raising, you know, I just see both sides. I think that That's there's yeah. valid points completely to both sides. And I do think it can be disruptive, you know, um, but I also think that if kids want to talk to the other parent, you don't put a gag on them. You know, you don't, it's not right to prohibit communication between of parent and a child. I don't think that helps anyone or anything. So I think that's wrong. But really quick, yeah. um, I want to shout out to Curly 8, 
twelve eighteen. I'm probably I'm really bad repeating names. And She's stuff. really bad at numbers. <laughs> I'm really bad at life. But um, they're newlyweds. They're hey, officially a blended congratulations. family. So Hang congratulations, on you guys. <laughs> Good luck. They Give us hear, advice. They can't hear it on Instagram, but it's they a big. Can't. It's an audience full of claps. Yeah, they clap. Yeah, but if you, as you guys go through this blended family existence. Feel free to give us advice. You know what's neat too, though, is share what you're learning. We actually we're going to be featuring our second blended family um, tomorrow, so Friday, the uh, the sixth. Our next feature blended family will yeah. be up on YouTube, and they actually have a lot of really just deep advice for blended families. Yeah. So this might be something you guys want to check out, and if you're like. How are other people doing it? And I, I don't want to give too many spoiler alerts. Don't do it. But they have they have a really cool story that has brought their whole blended family to one whole blended family. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm really, really excited for you guys to meet this blended family. And we feature a blended family once a month. Yes. I mean, this is month two, so. Hey, got to start know. somewhere, right? Yeah. So, you guys, if you want to be featured in um, um, during one of the months, you can email us at the Blended Life. But be aware at yahoo.com. Have to do some typing, some writing, some filming, some filming of yourselves. Yeah. Some uploading, some re uploading. We can all learn from each other. So, yeah, it's awesome. It's, um, it's so much fun. We also have people writing in about this topic. So, um, Christy Leanne, 1014, says, I text good morning and good night to both of them, usually daily. Some parents definitely overstep their boundaries, so I think it all depends on the parent, honestly. I agree. I think that everyone has a different way of wanting to raise their kids. Um, I mean, do you want to raise your kids completely dependent on connection with you? Do you want to raise your pet, your kids, to be more independent and you know, it just depends on how, what you're comfortable with, with your own kids. And then, but also how you're doing it too. You know, I feel like, again, like my situation, you know, my kid contacts me, I contact him like a lot throughout the day, Mm -hmm. just as I do with my parents. But I also feel like that's also leaving those lines of communication open, which I think we'll kind of get to when we talk about talking to your teen about sex. Yeah. Having that line of communication open is such an important thing. Yeah. You know, but we'll get there. Yeah. So Meg 622 says, growing up, we had 7 p.m. phone calls with a parent whose house we weren't sleeping at. Then cell phones changed everything and we ended up texting. <laughs> nice. No beeper codes. That's true. Psychics. Yeah. I think that's a pretty normal thing. And that's usually in custody agreements, right? Um to have like a, a time. I know a lot of families who have a time and a phone call just so that they know that it's pl- a plan. Um, the kids know that they can look forward to that. Parents know not to schedule things at that time, especially when kids are super young. They need that connection still. I think as they get older, they get more independent and maybe don't need an everyday phone call. Maybe it turns into, you know, every other day or whatever. And I think that's healthy. Um so again, I think it just depends on what everyone's comfortable with. Um, but I just don't think it's okay to pretend like another parent doesn't exist outside of your home. And I get a lot of flack for that on 
yeah. social media because everyone's like, well, this is our family and this is our home and we do us and us, us, us. And it's well, like, but that's not your kid's reality. That's right? what I was just about to say. Yeah. But you have You're, to remember that the kids still have both sets and they have to, you know, and they don't just turn on a switch and off a switch at each house, you know, and, and how are you going to feel if they go to the other house and you just don't exist? You like, you don't hear from them for that week, you know? Or they go there for a summer, and you just don't hear from them for the summer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and extend yeah. that courtesy, too, because you might be that parent who has, you know, full-time custody, but your kid goes for Christmas, and your kid goes, you know, for big holidays and for the summer. You know, and if you're not allowing your kid to, to talk to their other parent, you can't really be mad when that other parent doesn't let you talk to the kid back on their time. And that's... Yeah, That's and then just it, a bummer for the kids. And you guys, I mean, do you guys ever look at your kids' faces, right? Do you watch, like, disappointment or sadness or distraught or defeat fall across their little faces? It is really heart-wrenching. And I don't know how parents, you know, deny children access to the other parent and are good with that i but again i know there's a lot of rhetoric out there that's as a parent contrary to as that. a parent who because that kind of happens in your situation i feel like if you if you really need to talk to your kids but they're really closed off in the other household i hope you're all right with me talking about this but as the parent how does that make you feel um i feel like my situation and my co-parenting situation challenges me a lot um but I think that I trust that my kids are being raised well. And I don't always even disagree. What I have to swallow sand and things are really hard, but I don't necessarily disagree with things that I'm pushed into. So, and I don't know if that's me trying to see the other side of things. I I was raised by my mom to look at all sides of a situation. Right. And I feel like I've, been able to do that my whole life um and that's been instilled in me and that's helped me cope co-parenting wise because I have to realize I'm not the only parent right and that the other parent my ex has every right to raise up his kids our kids you know and instill in them the values that he sees important and I respect that um I don't think he's all bad. I think he's got a lot of good to say for my kids and and teach them. That's nice to hear. Yeah. So, um, I don't I don't want my kids to feel here's the thing. Them calling me is more for me. So, I had to really step back and be like if they need me, I wish that they could reach out to me and that always hasn't been the case. There was a long time where they were discouraged and made ashamed and you know, where they didn't want me interfering on their time. I got told by my ex that it was because it was really hard for my kids to talk to me. I'm spitting. <clears throat> She's a spitter. You just said you're a swallower. So <sighs> you swallow sand. It's really hard for, it was really, I got told that it was hard for my kids and another layer, right? I, it, it was hard for my kids to talk to me because they missed me, especially my daughter, my youngest, right? Yeah. And then she would talk to me and have to say goodbye again. Oh, and it would kind of stir up the emotions. And that would stir up the emotions. And then he had to deal with the aftermath of sad daughter 
who can't be consoled. Yeah, but Mrs. I had to deal mommy. with the aftermath of sad mommy just had to say goodbye to her daughter. And yeah, you so know, the emotions it, get. It, so in that regard, I kind of had to step back and be like, well, I don't want her. T- I don't want talking to my children to be a sad thing or, or disruptive. You know, yeah, that is how it becomes disruptive is when they can't just talk to you and move on in life. They talk to you and then it becomes like saying goodbye all over again. And I really miss mom. And you know, it, it totally ruins the mood in the other house. And that's not the, that's not the goal of right. connecting with your child. Totally get it. Yeah. So I kind of had to just sit with that and accept it. And it's hard to not talk to your kids. It's unnatural. So, um, but you know, with the cell phone, my son has a cell phone and it's a little bit better. My daughter has a gizmo watch. If you guys don't know what that is and you have a child who's not age appropriate for a cell phone yet, I love it. It's by Verizon. I'm not getting paid. God, I wish I was getting paid. Um, This is not a paid advertisement, but the gizmo watch is an amazing thing for kids who are not old enough for a cell phone, right? It tracks their GPS. You can see them and all all the parents can. Yeah, including me. We can tell when the battery's low. We can tell where she is. We can tell when she doesn't have her watch and she leaves it in the back of the other <laughs> family's vehicle. And the vehicle's driving around town. You're like, she's supposed to be home right now. Or at school. Or at school. And yeah, but her she watch can, is all over town. Yeah. And we find out, oh. So she can voice text me. She can't. They have the, the Gizmo watch has like pre, like um, a set of, pre-written text that they can like scroll through and press and it sends you um but if they have something to say to you that they can't you know they can't sit there and text obviously they can voice text you and then it comes over and you can listen to it at your convenience and you can voice text back to them um and it's a great way just to have communication and feel like you're connected um so if you guys aren't into cell phones look into the gizmo watch i really really love it yeah yeah So, um, hang on. I'm reading a thing. Okay. So Meg's 622. Hi girl. Says my stepdaughter was crying this morning and I asked her what was wrong. And she said she missed her mom. So I handed her the phone and encouraged her to call. Nice. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's good co-parenting right there. Like that is good parenting. That's good co-parenting. I wish more parents would just do that. Like encourage your kids to talk to the other parent, encourage your kids to be good at the other house and behave and be on their best manners. I don't know what parents are so afraid of. And I, I've asked myself this too, because it's not that they're afraid. There's like a a fear of connection. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I really love that. And I think that if your kids are sad and want to tell your stepkids really want to talk to their parent, who are you to deny them that? You know, um, you would want better for yourself. You would treat yourself better than that. If you were sad and missing someone, um, unless they're an ex, you would call them. You wouldn't keep yourself from your parent. Why would you keep your child? Yeah. You know? Okay, moving on. What should a step-parent ask the bio-parent before making a decision for their stepchild? So this is a question I got. There's a Instagram account called blended on the rock right so go check them out on instagram um and this is a question that they actually it's not mine they posed it on instagram and i wrote in 
and I took it completely differently. <laughs> I, I, so I shared a story on Instagram because what should a step parent ask the bio parent before making a decision for their stepchild? Um, and I, the story I recount is I will never forget. We were in Hawaii on vacation mm-hmm. and my kids proceed to tell me that their stepmom let them try alcohol for the first time. Yeah. We learned this. Yeah, that's how we learned it. Yes. So, um, I'm like, well, that's one thing that you should probably check with a bio parent about before making a decision on behalf of your or your local and state laws. But then I realized, (laughs) right, I was making it about me. I I think that the the question was actually posed when you're a step parent in your blended family home. Oh, like you should ask me. I took it as like. Bitch should have asked, you know. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Julie and her voice. You know, I you know, I think that step parents just need to respect that they're not the biological parent. And I mean Yeah, but it's it's kind of deeper than that, you know. Like again, going on to the next topic, like, should the step parent be like, here's what sex is about. Here's a condom. Go try it. Hey, you know what? You don't even need a condom. It's better. It feels better without it. I'll take Go you to the it. clinic to get birth control. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. there's just lines that whether it's a stepchild, your child, a friend's, you know, your kid's friend anyway, you just don't cross that line. And I think letting minors try alcohol or cigarettes or young, young kids try alcohol, anything <laughs> like that and and. You know, yes, this might be blown out of proportion a, a little bit. It might just have been a sip of wine or a sip of a non-alcoholic beer. But that's beer something or, that you would give, com- you would co-parent yes. at the very least, right? Like, yeah. let's discuss when our kids are going to try alcohol, and you just, especially like under 10-year-olds, you know? Like, that is, that is a, that's a big deal, Yeah, I feel. and you just use better judgment for situations like yeah. that. You look at it like... We are in a blended family situation. We're in a divorce, custody, split family situation. I should probably make better decisions than this. Probably. And to me, that's just a poor decision. Now, if it's our family and our kids and there aren't any other parents to hear about this or speak about this to, you -hmm. know, then, you know, that's between you and your household. But this is something that can go so much further. Yeah, but I think that a lot of like, um, again, something that's just all over social media, it's nauseating, is that step parents like, well, I'm just like the bio parent, right? I do it all. I, I, I'm like the bio parent. I am the bio parent. Like, fuck the bio mom. Wow, here we go. I'm again. the stepmom. Fuck bio mom. Well, I, I high conflict, high conflict bio mom. I am so over that. High conflict, F-bomb. Well, you know, it's just, it's it's like... Um, yes, we're all heroes. Everyone's a hero. But my point is, it's like they go with it because they feel like they are equal to... Yes. They are just as important as... They do so much. They do so much that they, you know... And I'm not discounting step-parenting. I had no. step-parents. I am a step-parent. We are all step-parents, and we all get it. Like, we all work our tails off, right? However... I didn't have to bleep that word. However... Choice of words. I don't understand the problem with respecting that there's other parents. Like, I, I just... And just boundaries. 
boundaries and structure. Yes, I don't know. It's my favorite word. I'm going to get the word boundaries just tattooed all over my body. You should do it on your lower back. <laughs> There's so many things I could say about that. Is that I a boundary? Know. Everyone's laughing and thinking of something witty to say about that. Comment below. <laughs> Let me know your oh dear thoughts God. on that. Um. But so, but it, it, okay, so let's just talk though, because I think the question was more intended not as co parenting between households, but between. And that's how I took it because I'm so triggered by that um, co parenting between households thing that I didn't even realize that they were probably talking about in your home. Like, you know, what would you want me, like, obviously, if, if your son wanted his ears pierced or an ear pierced. And I'm like, cool, buddy, let's go do that. <laughs> and you come home and you're and like. all of a sudden my kid's ears are pierced. Yeah. Right? Like, like probably no, should check with you first. We probably should have had that conversation. And it probably shouldn't <laughs> have ended with us. It probably should have gone to the other household also. You don't just get to go make that decision. You talk to the bio parent about it. You talk to both bio parents about it. <laughs> so what is that? What is the line? I, I get that every household is a little different, The right? line is... What will everyone be comfortable with without even getting close to that line? If you're like, oh, like you know no what? Like no body altering anything. No, look it. Look it. If it's, if it's like, hey, you're, we're done with dinner. Dad's not home. You don't normally have sugar after dinner, you know, but tonight we're going to have dessert. We're going to go crazy. We're going to get wild. We're going to put marshmallows on our ice cream. Damn. You know what? Like those are like decisions like that. Like I don't think need to, I was waiting for a bad word. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm queued up. I'm ready to rock. Um, you know, like you're fingering the that's board. A, that's like a super easy decision. You know, um, dad, dad's out of town or mom's out of town. Um, step parent gets a letter that says, um, we're going on a field trip. You know, it's due tomorrow. I'm out of town, but you're like, I know your dad would let you go on this field trip. Like, go ahead and sign that paper, right? Make good decisions. I don't think that this is a big discussion that people, I mean, obviously people need to talk about it and hear it, but like, come on, people. We were born with common sense. Well, and, right. And I feel like know your audience. You know, if you married someone, you should have a kind of a good grasp on what they would be comfortable with and what they aren't. And I if know, you I'm, don't know... Have that conversation yeah, in your marriage tonight. marshmallows crossing the line. You know, but I say, I say, you know, like no body altering stuff, no piercings, drastic haircuts, coloring your hair. How do you feel about whipped cream? On my asshole? Oh my gosh. Here we <laughs> go, mean, you guys. There's all kinds Boundaries, of Boundaries, <laughs> lower back tattoo. Coming um, to a body near you. So I think that, um, so I think body altering, image altering things, um, someone writes in first, you know, if I think that's a good one, if your child's going to be doing something for the first time or your stepchild's going to be doing something for the first time, you know, firsts are far and few between as your kids get older. They stopped having so many firsts. Yeah, but is it so like a baby you, book first? Is it like don't tell mom and dad first? The first time your kid rides a bike. Do you want to be there for that? You hope to be, you know, but it, in I mean, your household, you can't, can, I'm talking like yeah. if you're not home and, and I'm going to teach your kid how to ride a bike for the first time. Like I think most parents would be like, oh, I'd like to be there for that. The first time they're fishing. But sometimes it just happens. Like my kid went in the garage, 
took off his training wheels and rode out of the garage. And I was like, wait, what is happening? I just watched it. And it was like, anyways, it was pretty awesome. But you saw it. Yeah, but his mom didn't. Yeah. We were still a family then. But it was kind of one of those things. He's like, I'm like, where are you going? He's like, in the garage. Yeah. We had a really long driveway. But we're talking about a step parent. (laughs) I know. It just made me laugh. It totally. So, but I'm like trying to figure out things, answer this question. Yeah. So I think it's Common just sense co- like <laughs> be courteous, right? Like yes. first body altering things. Um, life altering, life changing. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it, it, I'm just it really just feels like a common sense thing to me. It, it. Yeah. But you don't know unless you ask your spouse. Like, That's true. You don't know because you are not your spouse. Your spouse is not you. But if you have to ask the question, like, is my spouse going to care? or Is the other family going to care? You know, like then just ask, right? If it feels like you might need to just ask, there's no, there's no harm in asking. Yeah. Right. I agree. I think it's a good idea. And that just comes down to communication, like good communication. And showing that you care about them. Yeah. You know, because that is just a good relationship. Yeah. Communication. Anything else to add to this topic? Or to your tattoo? Mm Mm-hmm. Nope. What are people saying? No, nothing. Oh my God. All right. Um, talking to your teens about sex. Like, we going to sit down and watch a professional rap video and talk about sex? Or are we talking about... Are you going to hand them a jar of Vaseline? That's not real sex. That's safe sex. That's personal sex. Have you never used Vaseline as lube? Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I get, yeah, okay. I mean, for anal sex, it's a really good tool. Oh my gosh, here we go, you guys. Wow. <laughs> you can't. We have to talk about sex. We're not going to talk about sex. I should have queued up Baby. salt and pepper here. I know. you. If you were a really good producer, you would have. Yes. Um, I didn't have enough going on. <laughs> I was feeding you Taco Bell. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Nothing but the finest. I know. So, okay. So, who does it? Sex? Like. <laughs> um. Everyone raise your hands if you do it. Oh my goodness gracious. But seriously. All the married people's hands go down. (laughs) Yeah. But you Um, know what? I think time appropriate conversations, you know, if it's like I'm ramping up and I'm going to talk about this with our kids and it's ramping up. You know what I mean? Like there's people. Are you getting an erection? No. Is that what that means? Oh my gosh. Pitching a tent. Yes. Ramping up in your pants. We're going camping in the backyard, kids. and We're going to talk about sex tonight around the bonfire. We're going to have marshmallows. Don't make fun of people who talk like that. You talk like that. Well, you're pitching a tent. Oh my God. You know what's kind of funny is any accent or voice or anything you do is going to probably sound like someone. I don't know them, but. Anyways, I think if it's something that you are going to plan to do, then you should talk to the other parents about it and let them know. But sometimes you're just driving in the car and your kid hits you with this question or your kid tells you about a situation or a story. Is it normal to have hair on my balls? Is it? My kid hit me with that. (laughs) You remember you told, I think you told our audience that. that. Did I tell you guys about that? (laughs) Do I shave it? What do I do with it? Yeah, what do I do with it? I'm like. (laughs) Hair ball sack. Oh my gosh. And yes, escalated quickly, she says. Yeah. Thanks, Jessica. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that if you're going to talk about it and you know you're going to talk about it, let the other parents in on it. See if they want to be in on it, if you're going to talk about it. But sometimes they just if hit they you. they want to be in on, on it. On the conversation, let's get going here. Anyways. They were already in on it once, hence oh the gosh. baby. Anyways, you guys. 
Yeah. Go ahead I and don't talk. know. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I I'm like let I, I talk to my kids about everything. You talk to your kids about everything. And then some. I don't think we have like I don't think in our family we would ever sit down and have the talk. It would never be a big deal to sit down and have a conversation because So what if your kids come home? We so just what talk if about for- I talk about sex all the time. What if your fourteen year old son comes home and he says, Man, dad and my stepmom sat me down <sighs> and just gave me the full birds and the bees conversation talk. Like, are you bummed about that? Or are you like Good, no. I didn't have to. Well, I I would hope my son's father would have a pretty good conversation about sex with him. I would expect that. Regardless if my ex talks to my daughter about sex, I will be talking to her about sex. But are you going to talk to your son about it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I so scare him all the time. With sex? <laughs> what, do you threaten him with sex? No, I tell him that, you know, sex is a very serious thing because... You know, be right. Re- I, I, I remind him you're a pill baby, first of all. So if she tells you she's on birth control, that's all fine and good. But so was I. And here you are. Um, I tell him about STDs. Um, you, you want your penis him, to blow up and have sores all over it. Pictures of STDs. <clears throat> I have. You know, what's funny is oh, I've shown him pictures. I'm 38 years old. And until I was I, I it was probably like in the last year and I was with. A group of guys working at a nuclear power plant, and someone was talking about crabs. And I had never seen, I mean, everyone's joked about them since before we even knew what the hell they were. And I legitimately went on the Google and looked it up, and it is the nastiest thing I've ever seen. It's lice in your pubes, isn't it? But it's like little demon lice. They're like the craziest things I've ever seen. Yeah, they have to hold on for dear life. Anyways, I like... So maybe showing your kids <laughs> examples yeah. of what can happen. I love it. I just think that you need to have the, I mean, they're going to understand the feelings of like wanting to have sex. They're going to understand. Well, and their hormones the, are raging as they, They're going to understand like the romance of it because they're going to feel the love, whatever they're going to feel, the horny, the love, the infatuation, the excitement to try something they've all heard about. Do you encourage it though? Um, I think that goes back to your values. Like a lot of people are going to be like, you know, are my kids going to wait till they're married realistically to have sex? Probably not. But do you encourage it? No. N- right? right. You're not like you're going out with Susie tonight. Here's a box of condoms. You know, if you right. don't, if you come too fast the first time, don't worry. Just wait an hour. <laughs> Try again. Maybe masturbate first because that'll make you oh last longer gosh. the second time. Right. Yeah. Like, no, you don't. But no, but you don't encourage it. But you're like. You prepare them. It's like you give them all the tools so they never have to use them, right? Well, you tell them the consequences of sex. You know, here are the consequences of sex. I think sex, not only are the babies and the STDs and all the things that can go wrong, sex also ties you intimately and connects you to a person. And are you really going to end up marrying you have somebody a kids don't think that far ahead in But they school? have to understand. I tell my son this. You're like, I'm going to marry this person. It breaks your heart more to break up with someone if you sleep with them versus if you don't. Agreed. Okay, this is another consequence of having sex. And um, and so I think you have to inform your kids. You have to tell them about safe sex, right? Like, if you're going to do this and I can't stop you, you know, 
make sure you know how to use a condom. If you don't, talk to your dad. Gosh, see, I should have had Trojan Man queued up on here to press every time. Yeah, you would say you condom. show your son? Like, not on you, obviously. <laughs> That'd be super weird. But like if your son asked you to use a condom, is that something that dads do? I don't really know that. You know what? First Nobody's of all, Nobody's ever showed me how to use a condom, uh, by the apparently. way. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Like, is it something parents show kids? No, you know, uh, I'm kind of like, I what's can the show con- my daughter how to take a birth control pill. I do that every day. What's the context of it? You know, your kid's like, hey, I want to learn how to put this on. You know, like you're like, do you just go and put show them how to put on? No, you're like, first of all, your mom you, like, and I get don't out use condoms. Apparently. No, but you know what I mean? Like, you're, you you got to dig <laughs> Son, a little. Son, it feels better Gosh, without a just condom. just on tangents tonight. Uh, <laughs> no, you really just need to tell them, or you need to figure out the heart of it. Like, why are you asking me this? You know, maybe you don't get mad at them about it, but find out why they're asking these questions. You know, is this something that they're really curious in? Do they have a girlfriend or a boyfriend who they are getting serious with or... Are all the kids just doing it and they're curious? You know what I mean? Find out why your kids are asking you these questions. And don't turn it into a negative thing and get mad at them and scold them for asking you. Because then they're not going to ever come back and ask you about this type of stuff again. Yeah, how you handle the conversation is going to either shut them down forever talking to you about it again. Or you're going to make them feel safe enough to always come to you. And that is what you want. That's key. That's totally yeah. key. But I mean, like if your kid legitimately wants to know, I feel like you have to tell them. Like, okay, you get to the heart is of the a matter. YouTube video for that? Oh, I'm sure. Do, do not tell your kid to look up a YouTube video about how to put on a condom. Yeah, because then your <laughs> YouTube's just going to get spammed with that type of stuff. Yeah, maybe you like that. <laughs> or you do. Not. Mm, no, Anyways. I don't. But, um... Yeah, I think you have to give them information and I think you need to also give them the a reality check with that. You know, you need to talk about condoms breaking, condoms falling off. They only work 98% of the time. They only fit if they're the right size. Maybe you haven't watched that Friends episode where Ross gets really pissed off. Is that why your nine-year-old watches Friends? <laughs> Sometimes she watches Friends. She hasn't watched it in a really long time. I think she's lost interest. You know what? We didn't talk about this, but our feature blended family really likes Friends. I know. She had a Friends cup. I noticed. And a shirt in the same photo. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I thought you... Oh, anyway. Tomorrow night, you guys. New feature blended family. It's tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. I'm just... I'm I'm editing it tonight, and we're dropping it. Everything's there. Might may not have a blog to go with it, but that's fine. We'll do it tomorrow night. It's great. Little baby arms. So, so, um, someone asks, not someone, Meg's 622 says, now, what do you do if the stepchild feels more comfortable talking to the step parent about sex? Hey, at least they're talking to an adult about it. Kind of go with it. Right. I mean, yes, it, it's going to be a bummer for you. You're going to cry about it. You weren't there for their first orgasm. Like, <laughs> I get it. Like, you want to be no, there for everything. But, it would you know, bum me out that my kids didn't feel comfortable talking to me about it. Yeah, but you know what? There's a reason for it. And you're not going to fix all that. And they're wanting to yeah. talk about this. Like, kind of go with it. Yeah. Ask questions. Be like, hey, don't forget to mention this. Well, this is something. If we go back to our topic before this one, 
should a step parent check, like, should I check in with you before talking to your son about sex if he asks me? Or should I just yeah, go if, with it? No, if you're on a car ride and, and my kid just plain right out asks you about something, like, yeah. I hope you and I are secure enough in our relationship that you can tell him good, credible information that when you get home and you report this to me and tell me about this, that I'm like, oh, right. Like, you handled that really well. Like, you need to be on a yeah, on a but good you, page and but good communication with I your, don't know if I, dude, and I don't know if I say the right things. Like, sometimes I say yeah, the right things. Us. Sometimes I say the wrong things. <laughs> I fucking, oh my god, eggshell, eggshells. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the, you know. Like, would you be okay with me, like, pulling out my phone? Like, oh, this is an STD you want to see? Yeah, kind of. But I'm also, like, super easygoing about stuff. Like, I trust you with stuff like that. You yeah. know, if my kid asks you about that, like I'm, I trust you enough as my wife to give him good advice, set good examples, joke about it even, you know, like, I don't know, like this, you're the, you're the end result of what happens if you don't wear a condom. Do you want another one of you running around? You know what I mean? Like kind of make lighthearted of it, but make jokes out of it. Cause that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, it invites humor into it and it also allows kids to kind of see things from other sides too, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like if you sat down and talked to you, your child about sex in your home that you should tell the other parent in the other home that that happened? Depends on how deep or and no. how <laughs> deep, no pun intended. And no pun intended how intimate the conversation Again. is. Again. I know. Here I go. I'm super punny deep tonight. Deep and end intimate. Yeah. Deep and Are you singing songs? No. Wow. Continue. Um, anyways, it depends on what the conversation is. Do you let your parent, do you let the other parent know? Like, yeah, you know, like this was a 30 minute to an hour long conversation. We talked about a lot. Yeah, probably let the other parent know. If it was like a two minute, like kind of brush it off. You could have watched this on a friend's episode. Like probably not a big deal. Yeah. Again, common sense people like use best judgment. And I don't know, like I feel like this would cause a lot of fights between co-parenting. Like what if, like beliefs, right? So what if one household is very like save yourself until marriage, do not hand out a condom, do not take your kid to get birth control, like you are abstinent until you're married and we are not going to discuss it further. Then you have the other household who's more like, you know... If you're going to do it, I'd rather you be safe than sorry. I'm not going to send you out into the world without knowing what's what, you know. And I feel like the conflict in values could create a lot of co-parenting drama. And how, also, do you, how do you navigate that? I mean, I guess you can't. Like, no, but you know what? It's also like being, it's finding that happy it. medium between it. Like don't scare kids so much or make it oh. something that your kids never hear about, you know, that, that now all of a sudden they're curious you know, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. You know, and then also don't make it so accessible that it's like, yeah, we don't care. Just go do it. Well, yeah. And I think the parents have to understand, like, kids are going to want to make sense of this because they've all heard the word blow job and they're trying to figure out, do we blow on it? I don't understand. Again, what people, are we doing? YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. I'm not sending our kids you should to make YouTube your own. about blow jobs. Sorry. Yeah. Would you do that? No. Please don't do that for my kids. If I'm teaching my kid how to give a blowjob, I got bigger problems to worry about. 
But here, my point, my point to that was like, kids are naturally curious. They're hearing a lot of things and picking up on a lot of things that they've never, that may have gone over their heads. No pun intended. Before. And the thing is, is that they're going to figure it out one way or another. So they're either going to figure it out with their friends and get like bad, false information that's like exaggerated they are but if they have like a baseline and they kind of know i feel like they're going to be less like curious because it's not new news it's not exciting they're not trying to figure it out like they know what it is yeah yeah they, they know what it is it's not a mystery right it's not secret you know and you have to kind of put a little bit of fear god in these kids i feel like yeah right yeah why not show them pictures Take them to a birthing class. Show them live births. Oh my gosh, yeah. I might do that with my daughter. I might like YouTube a live birth and have her watch a baby come out. Oh, but that's okay. Birth? Yeah, she's also like, my daughter doesn't want to have kids, you guys, because she is so concerned. And she has been since she's been, you know how little girls like want to play mommy? She's very anti- she'll adopt kids but she is so scared of childbirth and the pain of childbirth because i mean she's always known babies come out of a vagina you push them out it tears it's bloody it hurts all the things we talk about everything in our home if you have anal sex do they come out of the butt are they then anal babies teach them that one too you guys life hacks do you want to talk about what happens after you have anal sex and somebody comes not on this channel this is not family appropriate okay well you brought it up i was like we can have that conversation we can <laughs> email her people. if you would like to hear what happens um but so she's very scared of like the pain so i think that actually letting her watch a natural childbirth would send her over the edge to never ever be a mother yeah but do you want that um if she wants to adopt i whatever i'm like She's going to meet someone and it'll all go out the window. She, it'll she, be all your fault. If she adopts babies, I'm perfectly fine with that. I think she'd be a great mom. But I don't, I don't, I'm not like you have to have a, nat, like a child the natural way. Mind you, this is a nine-year-old we're talking about. <laughs> well, I thought about that. Like, what if she never has a baby? What is she going to name her kids? I don't know. Do you know? Oh, I'm just figured you had that you? worked out. No. Anyways. Oh my gosh. Don't make fun of. I'm not making fun of anything. I was just asking serious questions here. You're not. Serious. Um, okay, so here, we didn't talk about this. What to say and how to stand firm about your values and beliefs when you know you have no real control if your child will be able to uphold them. So when you're talking about sex and faith, right, we're a Christian family, you know, when you and I recently have talked about this, what are we going to say to our kids about reconciling our faith and the reality that they're probably not going to wait till marriage. I think we don't tell them that they're probably not going to wait till marriage. I think that's just the reality that we kind of know, but we hope not for, but not setting up or setting the mood or setting the tone or, um, allowing for stuff like that to happen. Don't enable that to happen in your household, you know? If your kid is having their boyfriend or girlfriend stay the night in their room, and and I'm talking like, I'm saying like maybe they're 18 years old. They're like, I'm adult. I can do whatever I want. 
you remind them this is your house. This right. is under my roof. Now, if you want to move out of my house and you want to go provide your own roof, now little Johnny can come stay the night with you then, but while you're under my roof in my household, that's not going to be the case, you know? And Or like going on vacations together and things yeah, like that. Exactly. You Are know? they allowed to go away on overnight trips? I, when you're together? 18, you, 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 if they're living... I guess, but you know what? Like, who's paying for this? Whose car are they taking? Are they still under your roof? You know what I mean? Yes, but as you well know, if kids want to see said boyfriend and they're not allowed to be seeing said boyfriend or girlfriend... They're going to figure out a way. They're going to figure out a way. They're going to lie about it. They're going to ask other people to lie for them, you know, and that's a symptom of a much bigger problem. Like, if they're going to lie about stuff that's so easy... What are they like? I mean, then it's just, you know, you can only imagine what else is going on because. But again, we were teenagers. You were a teenager. I'm almost a teenager. Like, this is just how it goes. So think back to, don't, don't just think about it as these are my kids and I'm parenting them the way I want to parent them because this is how I want them to be. But think back to how you were as a kid oh God. and just try to do better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, my parents gave me a lot of leeway. I made a lot of mistakes, but also I still had that open line of communication. I still, if I got into a pinch or I got into a bind, I still could go to my parents. How the did minute, your parents talk to you about sex? They kind of didn't either that you or just YouTube. No, it, didn't you? We didn't have the tube back then. Pornos. But you know what? No, I think that my parents just did a little bit here and there. It was never like a sit-down conversation. But I think the lines of communication were always open, and they kind of navigated me and my sisters as we went through life. So it was never like one so defining the, mm -hmm. conversation. But it was multiple little baby conversations that all added up to... So then how did you learn about sex? Like when you first had sex, how did you know what you were doing? I don't know. I still have never had sex. Don't give me that look. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, I don't know. I think it was just, you're just, you're going to figure it out. I mean, we're human beings. We're going to figure it out. And it's just the natural beast in you. The, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. My mom actually had Speaking a book of, and yeah. sat me down and had an illustrated book. Did she pay someone to do it? No, she She's sat like, me down herself. And oh my we had a book and it was like a, like a, do you almost she, a kid's book, but not really a kid's do book. Do you think she would do this for me? Yes. Like if I asked her. You can her, sit on her, her lap and she will tell yeah. you about it. How old were you? Oh, I don't, I was young. Like maybe. Like as young as me? Maybe sixth grade. Wow. Seventh grade. Pretty young. A little bit younger. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to ask her if she'll do this for me. I remember that. And then I remember there was a lot of like, um, my parents would take me to adult movies because I was an only child. Not like, not like, porno yeah. movies. <laughs> like the one like, where you drop in the corner, the quarter and no, like close but the like, curtains? Like the Hunt for the Red October. Okay. Like or like, like regular rated R, adult rated, rated R, R movies. movies. Okay. And so I'd go to the movie theaters a lot with them because I was an only child and they didn't, you know, I went with them everywhere. And so they would cover my eyes, right? during like sex scenes and stuff. So that always really piqued my interest because I could hear, but I couldn't see. And I'm like, what are you, what did they, what's happening? Who's doing what to who? 
Why and is then, there a hole in the bottom of the popcorn bucket? <laughs> and then I remember like, oh my gosh, my friends and I just heard, you know, words and trying to figure out stuff and then finding like romance novels. See, but and, that like, creates curiosity stuff. though, does it not? Like not talking about it, covering eyes. My mom showed me a book. Well, yes, I know, I know. But you know what I mean? But making it so taboo, kids build up a curiosity for it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's kind of what my point is. It's like, have those conversations, talk about it. Leave your door open. Not all the time. Yeah, right. And the <laughs> lights on. Um, yeah. Anyways, like, don't leave room for that curiosity and for yeah. them to explore and discover and create themselves, you know? Yeah, I think you have Some to Some of it's going to happen, you know? It's part of growing up. Some of it's the fun of growing up. Some of it's a disaster of growing up, you know? It just depends on your situation. But do your best to help your kids. Yeah, and be there. Make them feel safe to come talk to you. That's, you know. Or they will find their stepmom, or they will find their aunt, or they will find... They'll find somebody, right? Kids are going to want to know. So oh, if oh, you're oh, not, I thought you were talking about those movies you used to watch. <sighs> Finding the stepmom. Those are your movies. Oh, yes. Those are mine, apparently. Um, all right. So let's talk about how to turn this whole blended family co-parenting dynamic into something easy. Yes, please. I really like yes, please. Right, guys? Yeah. Like, some. what do you mean something easy? Like, this is it's never... A, it's the most difficult thing to do to make it easy. You know what? Again, like, I... I I didn't mm-hmm. mean to plug it this many times, but our next featured blended family has some extremely good advice yep. on how to make blending a family easier. Mm-hmm. It'll be up tomorrow night, mm-hmm. Friday night. Some mm-hmm. of you guys, it'll be up tonight. Yeah. I didn't know that. I told them next week. Anyway. Some people, it has been up for weeks. You better <laughs> get back and listen to it. Um, but I think you have to die to yourself. And what I mean by that, like, and I, it might be even, I post this on blended life on our Instagram and Facebook tomorrow, because I've been thinking a lot about it and I'm not personally there yet. So I'm saying this without being able to do it myself, but I feel like the, the more welcoming you are, it puts everyone at ease. You know, if you can walk through your co-parenting and your blended life with open arms and just welcome everyone, welcome the stepmom, welcome the stepdad, welcome your ex, make everyone feel welcome, whether it is at graduation or it is at a birthday party or it is at a school function or after school, you know, whatever activity, if people feel welcome Life is a much easier place to exist in. Their walls come down. Um, And I think that that is the hardest thing to do when you've been hurt, when you've been wronged, when you feel like you just disagree, when you feel like you can't talk to someone or work anything out. But what I have seen with parenting, with I have seen a lot and been my eyes have been opened to a lot through doing our blended life stuff that there are a lot of people out there more than I ever thought that have really good relationships with their exes or the step parent has a really good relationship with the other bio parent. It and can I think be done. It can. There's, 
dads lead this most often. I feel like dad and stepdad, you know, I've seen a lot of like stuff out there where they get, you know, they're practicing playing catch with the son. Yeah. Both of the dads, you know, and then, you know, stepmom and bio mom getting along. And I just think that how easy, not that that's easy, but it's easy for the kids to exist in that. And you feel like you've released yourself from whatever hate, from whatever um, insecurities, jealousy, whatever you might be feeling towards the other person. And I think that that would be a much easier world to exist in as a blended family if you were more welcoming. everyone, especially the kids. But I think guys, what's the the term they use? Um, Like compartmentalize, you know, like... We put things in compartments. You're a waffle. And we shut the door and we forget about those hurts and those feelings. Unless something brings it up and opens that door and then it all spills out and then we rage. But I think that's how it works. Like once you kind of forget about things or you've healed a while and you don't you don't hurt from this stuff anymore and you've gotten past it, I think there's a lot of room for... Um, creating a better co-parenting situation and getting along. And it doesn't mean that you have to jump in, you know, head first, you know, just all in, you know, just baby steps, feet first, little bit by little bit. And don't give more than you're comfortable giving. And don't feel like you have to be the world's best co-parent person to ever exist. You know, just baby steps and whatever you're comfortable with. You know, and, and it, the, it'll all just kind of follow naturally it just slowly until all of a sudden you look back and you're like, man, this has been two years. We haven't argued about anything. We haven't fought about anything. You know, we're not hanging out on a daily basis and talking, you know, on a daily basis. But when it's about the kids and something needs to be talked about, it's easy. We talk about it and we go our separate ways. Yeah. You know, I just think making everyone feel welcome is a good way to make things easier, but it is the, probably the hardest thing to do to make it easy. And I know that's like kind of an oxymoron, but sometimes you have to really go through the fire to get to the other side, right? You have to walk over those coals to get relief. And the other thing I was thinking about is there seems to be this constant conflict between stepmom and bio mom. And this is just not, you know, I really haven't had a lot of conflict with my kid's stepmom, actually. Her and I haven't had it out ever, really. Um, But on social media, right, there's the high conflict bio mom acronym that gets just, you know, bio moms get their assholes ripped open by the stepmom. And stepmoms are, you know, feeling so disrespected and not included and like they're worthless. And so here's a deal. I also think if everyone respects everyone, you know, I think that if a stepmom really respected the bio mom and really behaved accordingly and just knew that there is a bio mom, I respect that she's here and I'm not going to mess with that relationship in any regard or put it down I think you would see a shift in the high conflict bio mom thing would go away. Right? Yeah. 
And the flip side of that is I think that bio moms wouldn't hate stepmoms so much if stepmoms or stepmoms wouldn't be such a pain in the ass to bio moms if bio moms would just respect that a stepmom exists, is raising your kid half the time, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. So you best like just respect them and be grateful that they don't beat your kid, right? I mean, yeah. be grateful that your stepmom is, that the stepmom to your kids is a good, you know, find the gratitude in having a stepmom. And I think if bio moms came at it with more of a heart of gratitude that there's a good person there, then I think that you would see less of the bio mom hatred towards the stepmom. And I think that we can really fix this battle of wheels between step and bio. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's helpful. Um, holding on to that hatred and that conflict does it doesn't help anyone doesn't help the kids it doesn't help you or her and so I think that along with being welcoming and open-armed I think you have to walk with a ton of respect for the other person and what they're going through and try to put yourself in their shoes and find their value even if they're not your cup of tea and they don't have the personality that you can connect with they still have intrinsic value right um or at least you hope they do because they are raising your children. Half there the time. are pieces of shit out there. So I'm sorry if that's you. Or the step parent. <laughs> or the step. I mean, <laughs> but I think that more often than not, we don't give each other enough credit, enough respect. Or a lot of times it's grudges that have nothing to do with the true thing at heart. You yeah. know what I mean? A lot of it comes within ourselves. And there's jealousy, there's hatred, there's all this built up. And half the time, it's really not even the other person's fault. No, you and talk yourself there. into it. Yes, yeah. I've been there. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's and all about you at that point. It is. And then you just got to learn to let go and be like, you know what? That's not what it's about. Yeah. So that's it what I mean. Like if you can die to yourself a little bit or a whole lot, I think your blended life and your blended family and your co-parenting will be easier. Amen. So that is that, ladies and gentle ladies and gentlemen. And if you guys enjoyed every this, sex, watch us on YouTube. Some of you already are. We don't have blowjob videos. Oh my gosh, you guys. We hope to see Yet. you on YouTube. Subscribe. Give that thumbs up. Let us know in the comments what kind of videos you would like to see us making. <laughs> and maybe if it's not against YouTube policies, we can make those for you. Thank you guys all for listening to us on podcast. We appreciate all of you. Yeah. Hope that your blended families are just growing stronger and stronger. And thank you for helping us grow ours stronger. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one -on -one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.